This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave on Wonderful Wednesday. Wonderful Wednesday with Ted Yoho, who is really upset today. I'm going to warn you at right now. Um, you know, it's one thing to get a warthog upset. It's another thing to get a mild-mannered gentleman upset because they don't calm down too quickly. And we're going to be talking about the absolute, I don't know if we're going to run out of fingers and toes for words, ineptness of Congress. But uh, keep your seats. We're in the Mellon Law Studio. Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Fighting Gators. And only one they need. Yep, and we're protected 24-7, uh, 365 by crime prevention and sponsored by all the spot cleaners and uh, all the other great ones you see scroll by. Well, it is a weird world we're living in right now. I don't know. I've lived a little bit longer than Ted. Um, I guess I longer have... Longer in the tooth. I, I think I have to maybe... Come on, the effect of social platforms and uh, the instant communication on how we now behave and then try to sort it out as whether it's a positive or a negative or a neutralizer or whatever. But be that as it may, we're getting nowhere um, in Congress we're talking about now. And correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Ted, but it seems like we spent a year doing nothing but rattling things at people's bald heads, I guess. Am I wrong? I mean, it just seems like nothing. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I disagree with you, though, and you say we're not getting anywhere. Uh, the Democrats have put in motion a way to undermine this country. They are winning at this. I mean, the Republicans couldn't even impeach Mayorkas. Uh, and we can go into that a little bit more. And I understand their argument why they said they couldn't, but I don't buy it. You know, that's a great argument, but I, don't, I disagree with it. Um, you know, you look at our debt. Uh, we are now borrowing money at high interest rates to pay the interest rate, the interest owed from before. And when I went up there in 20, when I ran in 20, I started in 2010, got elected in 2012, start, uh, got sworn in in 2013. That was one of my big issues. We were $13.5 trillion. We're over $34 trillion today. Had we dealt with it back then, how much easier would it have been then versus today? So now we're at $34 trillion. So you either deal with it today or you're going to have to deal with it in, uh, in the future. And it'll be easier to do it today as, as painful as it's going to be. But you're going to have to pay the piper. And Jerome Powell is out there, you know, talking about a booming economy, but yet they're borrowing money to pay just the interest payment 
on our $34 trillion in debt. So on that side, the Republicans haven't done a darn thing to right the ship. The Democrats, they don't want to right the ship. They want to sink the ship and rebuild it in Marxism, socialism. And anybody that claims to be a Democrat, they're, they're a Marxist today. They're an enemy of the country. I really, I, I can't stress how, how strong I feel about that. Because if you vote Democrat, you're supporting all these things that are tearing this country apart. The wokeism, the, you know, um, going into uh, these other wars that Biden's getting ready to go, go into, uh, the Obama policies that were put in, the open borders, you know, the, the massive spending. And yes, the, the Democrats will come back and say, well, Trump had massive spending, too. He did. But also remember, that was the beginning of the COVID pandemic which was way mismanaged. And I remember arguing with Kevin McCarthy on this uh, when they were talking about all these supplemental spending bills. And I just said, this is the wrong way. Educate, educate the people. And as Lincoln said, and the the founding fathers, you've heard me reference that book of James Madison. They all have said, and this even goes back to the Roman days uh, and the philosophers, uh, Socrates and all that. If you have public support, there's nothing you can't do. If you don't have it, there's nothing you can do. The Democrats have won the messaging on all the garbage that's going on today. And the media's behind them, the elites behind them, because I, I truly believe their goal is to destroy America. You know, the, America was uh, the stumbling block of creating this utopia in the world. And, uh, you know, it's such a fallacy. I sent you that video on Argentina, how it was the second wealthiest country in the world until they started enacting all those socialist programs. And, uh, and and it's sad that we're here today and our government, the people in government, government is kind of an inanimate object. It's like the rule book of how you play, let's say, football. It's neither good nor bad. It's just a rule book. It's the people that get in there and interpret that that make it bad. And uh, we've got some bad players in there today. You know, if you just take a look at the ridiculous event that occurred in New York City where the cops were beat up by the thugs who were back out on the street without having to take a nickel out of their pocket, then who jumped a tab, bond, whatever, went to California, would have never been dealt with there had... Uh, Fox not run the thing and made everybody aware of it and shamed, I guess, the government into doing something, not everything it should do, but a little bit, grabbed one of the guys in California. And on top of that, the mayor of D.C., of New York, an ex-cop himself, wants to give the thugs a credit card, Ted. Now, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm seated. I'm going to have to... Uh, maybe stand up and walk around the manly man cave here to catch a breath. I can't and punch I can't, holes in the wall. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't figure out how this is supposed to make sense. And it doesn't, and, it uh, makes absolutely no sense. But if you say something, you're an insurrectionist, you're, you're somebody to be watched. You're going to be put on a list, but yet you keep paying your taxes by God.com because the government needs that money. And this is where, you know, when I first came on your program, one of the things I said, we, the American people, 
you know, you can have an insurrection, you can have a civil war, you can do all these nefarious things that are dangerous that won't won't be good. Those are the ultimate, very last thing you do. The thing I think we ought to do is starve the beast. Just nobody pay their taxes. Say we're not paying the taxes of the federal government. If we did that in mass, they're not going to arrest us all. They're not going to confiscate everything we own. It's going to change. But what we need is the public opinion saying we're tired of this. You, just like you said, the policemen up in New York, they, they get on a bus, public transportation. They get out to New York. They may have flown out of their first class, no telling, and been served champagne. Well, they were well-dressed. They were well-dressed. They are well-dressed. A lot of them are well-dressed when they come in. I stopped yeah. that boat of uh, <laughs> supposedly human refugees coming into America when I was in the Keys, there was 26 people on there. Every one of them had a cell phone. Most of them were iPhones. And uh, we would not let them come in. We stopped them a couple miles offshore. And um, I got the, uh, the rhino Republicans of Cuban descent were really ticked off at me. But I'm like, I took an oath to this Constitution. You know, I can't tell if these people are just refugees or if they, uh, many of them look Middle Eastern. So you know what? I turned it over to the Coast Guard, let them sort it out. Um, but everybody that comes in, like you're saying, the mayor of New York wants to get the credit cards. I just got back from um, D.C. and the, the taxi driver that took me there moved to Maryland to get out of D.C. And she said there are so many illegals up there that Marion Bowser, the, the esteemed mayor of D.C., has put these people in hotels and apartments where they had homeless they displaced the homeless and they've given them basically a credit card or an ebt card that is three or four hundred dollars a month plus a scooter for transportation now these are people that have never paid a dime into this country we have billions of dollars going into these central and latin american countries for foreign aid that we've been doing for the last 20 or 30 years to develop an economy in those countries, and it hasn't worked. So if you want to bring these people in there, cut the foreign aid out there. Um, and then, of course, up in New York and these other states, they, uh, they, they're giving them work permits. Hell, we can't get our own people to work, but we're going to give it to foreigners. What kind of a magnet is that to draw more people? And I talked about this back in 2013 and 14 with Obama when he did um, the DACA program that he said was illegal. He couldn't do it yet. He did it anyways. And nobody touched him. I, I remember we brought up articles of impeachment and Bob uh, Goodlatte, who was the chairman of the judiciary agreed that he should be impeached. He goes, but it'll never happen and it'll cause us to lose the election. So they're more worried about losing the election. And, um, I think we won it the second, yeah, the second term of Obama. We had a majority. Did anything change? Not a damn thing because you got politicians up there. We need to have patriots up there that are going to fight, that are willing to fight. And you think of the, the patriots that formed this country. They pledged their life, their, their treasures, but more importantly, their sacred honor. You know, their word was their bond and they gave that and they stood by that. And we don't have that many people up there willing to do it. And I thought really Mike Gallagher was somebody that would stand by that. And I was really disappointed. I just was at his office last week and uh, very disappointed in that, his reasoning. What kind of job do you think Johnson's doing? 
I think he's a guy that's in the swamp with alligators all around him. And so far, he's fended them off. I think, you know, you're going to, at this point in this Congress, keep in mind, we are, uh, what is this, February? They've got seven more months. No, nine. They've got nine more months until the next election, you know, outside of the primaries. (laughs) There's not a whole lot he can do. Keep the ship afloat. Start assessing the damage. And but more importantly, what are you going to do in the, in the next game? What are you going to do in the next Congress? When I say game, the Congress, because it's not a game. You know, too many of these people think it's a game. And this is our country. This is our this is our uh, posterity that we are looking to preserve for the future. And what we see today, there will be no future uh, posterity of what America stood for for over 200 years. The land of freedom and liberty. Um, so what is Johnson doing? I think he's doing very well in some areas. And then when you have people that won't support him in his own party, and then you have the, 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 the I don't even want to call them rhinos. You have the wolves and sheep clothings that bailed on him, like Bill Johnson out of Ohio just decided to leave because it was too dysfunctional or Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy, that brave soul that, you know, we're, it's all about team play, and, and I'm going to stay there with you. You know, we're stronger together than we are divided. And, you know, I hope, you know, no, I'm not going to say that. He'll get his just cause or just reward for the way he acted. But when you have people like that that are not willing to stand and fight with you, you know, it's it, each man for himself it comes down to. But I think Mike's got the tenacity and the grounding that he'll stay the course and he'll he'll build a coalition if the Republicans can get the next election. And, um, you know, the thing that people need to think about, if they don't get involved and get strong Republicans, not people that give you lip service, people that are willing to fight and challenge leadership to get our debt under control. If you don't do that, Joaquin Jeffers is going to be the Speaker of the House. Chuck Schumer will be the uh, Senate uh, majority or the president of the Senate or leader of the Senate. And uh, you'll have a a Democratic president. Or even if it's Trump and you have the two houses, they're going to go after him for impeachment. They're going to bog him down to where he can't do anything. In the meantime, their policies that are already enacted, the open borders and all this stuff, are going to go on. And the face of America has changed, not just the face. Because you and I are a dying breed. The white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, you know, the lineage that came over here, that was the dominant um, um, ethnic group or race, that group is going to change. You and I can't do anything about it. But the fundamental principles of America, those should be something we all fight to preserve because that's what's given us the freedom and liberties. And, um, you know, I would think anybody in Congress would stand up and fight for that because really they took an oath to do that. So they need to. And if not, I got to throw them out, throw every one of them out. That's not willing to, you know, um, pledge their sacred honor and uh, have their day at the gallows. If, you know, they're trying to preserve this country. I like Johnson. What I like about him is his impervious posture. He uh, got a yeah. very much yeah. vocal face and he doesn't get rattled. He, he does not get around. He knows who he is, and he knows who they are, 
And I think he's got the endurance and the stamina to um, be right there. I think he's the right guy for the right moment. And he needs right. to get some help. If he ever got some help, and we really did get control of the sensible things that are facing us, I think you wouldn't even recognize maybe Congress in a year or two under that type of leadership. Well, there's just so much that could be done immediately. And, you know, the farm bill is going to come up. And, you know, if we don't, if we don't have the majority to where we can reform these programs, there is so much waste, fraud and abuse in those programs, not just the farm program, but USAID, all these programs that really need to be, uh, you need to go through. You need a Rick Scott moment. When Rick Scott came in, um, a real quick story. Uh, he came in, he sat down with all of his cabinet members and the different agencies, says, what do you do? How do you do it? Um, what Pretty much what is your mandate? What are you supposed to do? And then he took notes. And then he came back and he, he cleaned house. And I remember I had a guy from the St. John's Water River Management come into my office. I think it was, in, it could have been, it was one of my offices, Gainesville or D.C., and he was bitching and moaning, complaining about oh, Rick Scott cut this and he cut that. And it just, woe is me. And I said, well, did you have to lay off some people? And he goes, yeah, I think he told me he laid off 100 or 125 people. You know, and they've got a fleet of airboats and trucks and all that. I said, well, if he laid off that many people, my question is, can you still do the job you're supposed to? Oh, yeah, we're getting along fine. <laughs> and I said, you know what you just told me? And you could just see he caught himself. I said, you told me you had 125 people too many. And I'm glad he did that. And uh, um, he, he didn't have a sympathetic ear with me. But that's what needs to happen through all those agencies. Um, there needs to be a, a, a movement of attrition in the federal government. If you can't fire anybody, stop hiring people. Let them age out. Incentivize them to get out of there. Shrink the government. Um, you know, the Department of Homeland Security with TSA is now one of the largest agencies um, with Custom Border Patrol and all this other stuff they do. One of the largest agencies in government. The USDA is the same way. Um, and it's just it's top heavy. And it goes back to that video I sent you about Argentina, how they grew the government so strong that they had to keep taxing people to keep it afloat. Keep in mind now, and I want people to understand this, if we're borrowing money just to pay our interest from what we previously owed, folks, that's a sinking ship. And you cannot fix that unless you do some drastic measures now. And if you don't, say the dollar were to collapse, we can talk to that friend of uh, yours and mine that we sat with who's seen three countries collapse. And you get a notice that the dollar will go to 30% and you have 30 days to trade it in. After that, your dollar goes to zero. We're right on the precipice of that happening in this country. People don't think it because you got electricity, you got great life. You know, you got the Super Bowl coming up. You got Taylor Swift. I mean, life is good here in America, as it was in Argentina before the collapse. That was, that was Senator Rick Scott you were talking about, not Governor Rick Scott, right? No, that was Governor Rick Scott. Oh, Governor Rick Scott. Okay. Yeah, um, because when he when he came into office, keep in mind, he was he had never been into politics. Right. He wanted to know, how do I make government better in the state of Florida? And I credit him with a lot of the reforms he did that made it easier for DeSantis and anybody that will follow because he shrunk the government. And uh, 
you know, people have to be willing to do the unpopular thing. It's kind of like being a parent. You've got to sometimes do the unpopular thing. And this is where I get upset with Mike Gallagher in that um, note I sent you. He goes through and justifies why he voted the way he voted. And um, um, there's a, a rule. There's a rule in um, politics. If you're explaining, uh, if you're explaining, you're losing. And, um, yeah. you know, he was saying how, let me pull this quote up real quick. Um, you got the second one I sent you, right? Yeah, I've got him. Well, he, he pulls up the one where he's talking about, <clears throat> you know, if if we do this, it wasn't it wasn't an impeachable offense because if we go down this road, then it's opening the door for anybody else that wants to impeach somebody in a different party. Um, and we set a precedent. The precedent had already been set by what Pelosi and the Democrats did to impeach um, um, Trump when there wasn't, you know, the, the reasons for that. <clears throat> and um, Gallagher goes on that, well, this will just give cause for them to do the same thing. The problem is, and you've heard me talk about when we had uh, Trey Gowdy um, in a meeting and we were talking about arrest, having Eric Holder arrested in the Senate, in, in the House when he came out of House property. And he said we couldn't do it because we don't have arresting, uh, arresting authority. And I agree with that. But we could have called the Capitol Hill police who could have arrested him. And uh, we didn't do it. And Trey says, well, how long do you think he'd be in prison? I says, Trey, I don't care if he's in there for three minutes. You have sent us a message to these people that think they're above the law, that we're not playing games. Had we done this with Mayorkas, um, the other agencies would have followed suit, I think, and, and, and gotten a lot better. Um, Gallagher goes on and talks about how, you know, there, there were um, um, secretaries of states that didn't hold and secretary of treasuries that didn't enforce the sanctions on Iran and the nuclear deal and all this when they were cheating. And he says, so realistically, you could have gone after these people. Exactly. Go after these people. Start sending that signal that we're not playing. We want this stuff done according to the law. But, you know, here we missed another opportunity. Well, I thought he had one thing screwed up pretty badly. The president has the power to deal with the border, period. He equivocated on that also in one of the emails. And, um, right. you know, once you start doing that, well, you've got nowhere you can go there. You're on indefensible territory. And that's what Biden has been doing all day yesterday, but blaming Trump. And give me the power. Give me the power. You know, he's got the power. He knows that. He's got the power. They don't need any more money. They don't need any more power. They've got that. That guy, that guy I will bet you if we took a, you know, cut it open like a pineapple, we would see more stuff in his head about how D.C. actually functions than practically anybody else up there. The dude has been there all of his life. All of his life, 50 years. He knows stuff you and I will never learn about. You know, you know what's unfortunate about that statement? The stuff he knows is how to 
beat the system and work around right. it, use it to your advantage instead right. of making the country better. Good point. It's guys not about the country. I mean, but you know, they keep promoting people like that. And, you know, they'll put him on a committee because he plays by the rules, and that's. You know, we know some. We know legislators like that. We know young ones like that. That they'll do whatever they can to get to the next position because then they think they're in a position of power can make a change. Kevin McCarthy did the same thing, but Kevin McCarthy was there to serve himself. And uh, you know, I just get so frustrated with this stuff. Um, that's why I reached out to the Trump campaign people. Says, I just want to let you know I'm here or whatever. If I can be of use. You know, I'll, I'll go to the store and buy, you know, drinks or <laughs> drink water. I'll do whatever you need because Trump understands what needs to be done if he if he is fortunate to get back in there. Well, they're certainly going to bring the uh, cavalry to get him. Um, the three justices that uh, have ruled he doesn't have any protection or blanket protection for that, which he does while he's in office. That has got to be reinterpreted because they've left out some nuances of that. And they've swept all this behavior into one category and label it all. See, this is what's happening in the justice system, in my humble opinion. I'm never wrong. Just look at Mr. Wright and his cup. It doesn't (laughs) say this is always right, though. That's right. uh, Caliber coffee, by the way. Listen. Caliber coffee. We are rush, literally rushing to judgment. The press is declaring people guilty before there's a trial. Right. All over the place. All over the place. I mean, and it's all politicized. And uh, there's no deliberation. There's not even any respect for deliberation. And... Um, no, it's not. There's, there's no deliberation up there. It's all... It's all a carnival show, you know. Who can make the the sound bite on the House floor so that they can put it in the congressional record and tweet it out? You know, it's garbage. You know, it really is. Step right up and see the lady with the beard. You know, I always fell for that. Well, and and the American public loves that stuff. That's what they really love. You know, you know, it, it's the same in other countries. We we're talking to people from Japan and South Korea, the legislatures where they, a lot of times they get in fight on the house floor or they'll stand up on a table and throw stuff and they make a big thing. And we are asking, and they laughed about it. So, well, our constituents expect it. You know, it's kind of like a W what world, the wrestling matches where yeah, you jump yeah, off, yeah, the, yeah. do a dusty road on somebody's oh, head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Thomas but you know what? We're laughing, but this is our country that's sinking. Oh uh, gosh. Tom with Ted Yellow on wonderful Wednesday. How is, I don't hear hammers and nails. How's your construction going? The construction is going very well. And uh, I thought I would be respectful and kind of ah. be normal today. Okay, good. Well, um, and you, you haven't been traveling about any traveling on the horizon? Yeah, I leave Monday for two days. I go up to DC, then I leave again in March. <laughs> <clears throat> then I, I got invited to speak um, at the University of Central Florida by the former members of Congress uh, Association, and they want to talk about politics 
to the young mushy headed uh, uh, people at the students at UCF. And I say that not against UCF, just, you know, people coming up and they don't have life experiences yet. And they pit me against a Democrat. So I'm sure it'll be an interesting topic because, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't is do. It, is it a debate? Huh? Is it a debate? I expect it'll get into that. It's more uh, you, you give your views on politics and oh, then it'll okay. be an answer. Well, I'm sure if I got out, I was going there. You'd have protesters. The AOC would probably uh, influence a bunch of people to come there and yell at me. Well, one side, of course, and we know which side does, believe it's a constitutional republic. And the other side believes you just make it up on the go. And, yeah. and, and let somebody else sort it out. If you can get away with it, fine. That's the way Biden works. You know, he just makes stuff up. The whole and, Democratic Party works that way. I mean, yeah. they have been. And it really became that way under Clinton that I remember. Uh, well, I guess Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR. Um, he was well, good, uh, really under Obama. Yeah. Really under Obama. That's really where they, they yeah. fertilized it and it came yeah. out. They yeah. being yeah. people that are controlling all that. Well, we've got some people listening now who are depressed already. So we better take a break. Good. Oh, my God. I, I, yeah, hope I, I hope they're depressed to the point where they get angry and they, they get engaged in the electoral process. Yeah. And then let's form a group and just say we're not paying our taxes. The heck with you. Here we go. Don't with Ted Yoho and uh, on the Ward Scott Files on Wonderful Wednesday. We'll be right back with Ward's weather. Stay tuned. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't 
handle the truth. All these poop. Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Welcome to Orange Weather Report, brought to you by Chevron Lewis Oil. Fossil fuel, absolutely. Well, 45 to 65, that's our temperature range right now. That's pretty darn good. It really is. So we're enjoying some mild weather. But California, let me just do some top stories for you. Uh, historic atmosphere river, more rain coming. 300 mudslides in California. Deadly storm damage. Uh, unbelievable. You know, they never plan courting up to common sense in California in more ways than one. Dangerous storms to ha uh, hammer the Southwest, including Las Vegas, probably during, guess what? Football. Uh, so this dramatic pattern then will shift to the East and uh, get weekend rain, washouts, thunderstorms coming over the east. There you go. That's the spring. Uh, depending upon you where you are, it's a little more springy than wintry. Well, we're talking with Ted Yoho today on a wonderful Wednesday, what I have called wonderful Wednesday. We need more patriots like Ted, who was, uh, I think, eight years in uh, Congress, and uh, decided it was good for everybody if he took a break. But he's not disengaged from the action. And I don't think he can do that now. It's in his blood. Uh, he is tired of uh, examining cattle with one arm while eating a donut with the other. Uh, <laughs> an image I can't get out of my head. But uh, it was more rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. I mean, I can't get this out of me because, you know, the original reason I ran is I was I was angry at the ineffectiveness of our government and the backward slide and people giving lip service. It's like the guy I ran with against the thing that just kind of slapped me in the face was I woke up to a, a commercial. His. I've been in Congress for 18 years and we've been working on a, an energy policy for America to be energy secure. 18 years? Give me a break. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it just it's so frustrating up there. And then you have the Bainers and the uh, Paul Ryans and the Kevin McCarthy that are put in there to protect the status quo. Because you got to remember, it's the party of big government. It's not Republicans or Democrats. It's the party of big government. So Mitch McConnell's. Why is he the minority leader in the Senate? I mean, He's beyond his time. He needs to go. And, um, you know, Rick Scott was the only one that had the brass to run against him at the beginning of this Congress. And only nine brave souls stood with him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to see Rick re win his Senate seat and be this, the majority leader if we win the, the Senate. Uh, 
But I'm sure the Republicans, as you know, they're so ticked off at the, the people they have, they, they just assume not, they're, they're probably not engaged like they should in an election. I, I hope I hope I'm wrong in that. I hope they come out in droves. Sorry. That's Trump, uh, you know, this is the oddest way in which somebody becomes kind of the party. I'm speaking now about a candidate who doesn't engage in one debate, um, who's got 90-something type or whatever, charges, what do you want to call them against him? Legal problem after legal problem. And gets stronger and stronger. And meanwhile, the other side gets crazier and crazier. Now, has everybody decided, from what you can tell, they're going to live with what they've got and go for it? Or are there still, evidently from this Maori thing, they're still foot draggers. They, 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 they're waiting on somebody else on a white horse to come around. Is that what's happening? <clears throat> you know, I think they're in such a disarray up there. The Democrats are sitting back enjoying it because they're just seeing that the Republicans falter. I mean, the infighting within the Republican Party, not being able to move anything, can't even get a farm bill across. Um, <clears throat> and so they're just waiting their time. Kind of like the philosophy of Sun, uh, uh, Sun Tzu, buy, hide your strength, bide your time. You know, wait till your time comes and then run again. And this is the thing that the, the Democrats are uh, very astute at. And, um, you know, they've they've taken their wheelbarrow full of ideas. They lost the election. They set it down, covered it up and protected it. When they get back in power, they'll pick that up and they'll keep running down the field to get closer to a Marxist type socialism. And, um, you know, as long as the American people have an easy life, they're not going to really do a whole lot because they don't want to rock the boat. Um, but when things start getting rationed, uh, you know, I meant to send this to you, and I know you, I've sent it to you in the past. It's just a good reminder of what the Democrats will do. It's a montage of when COVID was out. And you had your um, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon and uh, 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 Rachel Maddow yelling at the American people for not getting vaccinated and that you deserve to die if you don't get the vaccine and, and lockdowns and masks and all this stuff, how they promoted that. And those were all democratic policies. Um, that's what's on store if they get back in power. And you have to ask yourself, do you want that? Or do you just be complacent until it happens and then you get mad? Um, I like to be proactive and I, I, I would I would like to think that there's Republicans up there that want to, but I remember towards the end of my eight years, I was just so frustrated up there that the thing that needs to happen is action. And very few people want action. You know, they want to talk about action. They want to talk about this. Your, your Chip Roy is going to send a letter to, to one of the secretaries and say, what you're doing is wrong. We're going to hold you accountable. It's like this stuff with uh, Hunter Biden and all that. Here we are. We've got nine months till the election. Is anything going to happen with that? And if we lose the House, it goes away. It just goes away. It's not like January 6th where the Democrats and the, the liberal justices around the country and the states are keeping that alive and they're building on that. 
Hunter Biden will go away scot-free, uh, convicted felon uh, on drug charges, tax evasion, and uh, the guns, the felony on the guns. And he, he, he got spanked in the media. Uh, it's just, it's, it's despicable. In the meantime, uh, the garbage with that Senate bill on the uh, immigration will go into effect. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're in a tough time, buddy. I'm sitting here taking it all in. If you have any questions, any in the chat line here, I'm sitting out here. Uh, the Dems in Richmond are trying to pass an assault weapons ban. Sure. Well, that'd be the next. <clears throat> the next stage, I guess, would be to take the one, the gun away. Well, now they'll, they'll go after the ammunition and tax it. If some states have taxed it, you've got to register to buy it. These are the things that are coming down the pike and. You know, thank God the Republicans are there that they can hold that off and that Trump put in three conservative justices that have some some um, obligation and loyalty to the Constitution. But you get these these people in there. It's Marxism. I'm telling you, it is Marxism and communism. And they said if a, a republic lasts long enough, it'll become a, a communist state. And we're, we're I mean, you're seeing it. You're seeing little inklings of it. You know, telling you what kind of car you're going to drive. Gavin Newsom said no uh, no gasoline vehicles after such and such a date. Well, you know, I didn't really care to go to California much anymore anyways. <laughs> so I just won't go. I'll participate with the places that I feel I, I want to support. Yep, assault weapon ban. Uh, and half of them don't know what an assault weapon is, by the way. Uh, it's a term they throw around. Um I'm just looking over an email coming in. And um, one thing we've left out of the attack that they're going to be doing, I expect this to be heating up. One of the things that, to the Democrats, the stove, all the burners are on. And some of the burners are turned down low. Things are just simmering. But they won't be gas burners because they want after those. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but they're getting ready to heat up, I'm sure. Uh, an attack on the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. 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 Right? I mean, why not? They're gearing up against Clarence Thomas to get him out. That's who they would really like to get. Um, he's just not in step. He doesn't stay in step. Um, he doesn't fit the role um, that he's supposed to play. And um, so he's on the back burner. So expect all that to heat up. And we've sure. already got, and it doesn't seem as if anything shames them. Here you've got a prosecuting. Oh, no, no, they don't huh? accept that. They're not shame. You okay. can't shame them. Here you've got a prosecuting attorney carrying on with somebody before. And, and everybody's saying, like, that's the way it is, you know? Are you kidding me? I mean, well, well, then you see the the uh, state prosecutor in Maryland was in on that housing fraud, and and they they finally did throw her out. Mosby, I think her name was, or Mosley. Um, just, I mean, it was just fraud, ripe with fraud. And of course, you know, it's a racist thing. And and the funny thing is, going back to Clarence Thomas, if the Democrats get the House and the Senate, more than likely he'll be impeached, he'll be the first one ever. I think. I think there might have been one other one. But there will never be talk of a race card. 
you know, it's racist. They won't do that. Uh, I mean, they'll, they'll shy away from that and the media will protect them on that. Um, and that'll be a shame because then we lose one of the conservatives up there who's been a, a strong defender of the Constitution. Well, I'm looking at our list here of things we made. I can't remember when we made it. And nothing's changed. Nothing leadership, has changed. Leadership, border, debt. Come on. Uh, I don't China think is it's growing stronger. Um, you should hear the influence that China has around the world. When I go up to D.C., I get to talk to a lot of people in these different regions. It is just amazing. Not only is their influence increasing, the disdain for America is growing, too. So there's countries wanting to get away from America. They're going to get closer to China, um, which is it's terrible because it's happening in Central in the Western Hemisphere. And we've never really had to contend with this. Of course, I, I go back to John Kerry when he said that the Monroe Doctrine was um, was outdated and it never we could never enforce it. You know, which said there would be no um, uh, eastern or western influence in the western hemisphere from the Royal Navy, the French, and all that. You, you guys stay over there; we'll stay over here. And um, and so John Kerry's right there with them, and they put their whole focus on climate change, which you and I have our beliefs about that. And um, and China will say, "Yeah, well, yeah, we're going to be right there with the, with climate change." And they're doing tremendous on creating solar power, but yet at the same time, they're building a, a coal-fired power plant once a, once a week it goes online somewhere in the world. And then they've got five years of coal stockpiled in China, you know, uh, as they do with cotton. Uh, a lot of the commodities, they have like five years of that uh, stocked up in, in warehouses. Uh, it's amazing. Food. And they own the distribution channels. Well, speaking of these wars and the, the uh, metaphor of the stove, we've got several border wars we can heat up and cool down when we need to. And sure. it is amazing to me how quickly the big media garbage disposal, I don't know if that's the right one yet, I'll, I'll stick with it for a second, consumes violent stories and they're gone in two or three weeks at the most. Sure. You don't hear anything about Israel. You don't hear much about crime media. Oh, a little bit now and then about drone attack. That's gone. You know, where does it go? What fills that void? Yeah. And that, that, to me, is a big problem in that they burn out. I mean, they're gone. They can't get traction again. You have to do something heinous. Think, imagine, you have to do something incredible to make a better, bigger headline than you may for October 6th or whatever data was. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... You can thank social media and uh, the 21st century with all the technology because people are distracted. <laughs> and here in America, we have a great lifestyle compared to the rest of the world. Uh, there are some places that have better. But for the most part, we're, we're a pampered society. 
And so we're, we don't like to be uncomfortable. And those things make people uncomfortable. Um, so why listen to that stuff? I'd rather watch a sitcom or something that makes me laugh and I enjoy myself and forget about how terrible things could get. And it's just easier to do that. But someday, and I hope I don't live to see it, that will flip to where we are the Argentina. Um, we've seen it in Venezuela and all these other countries, and we'd be ludicrous to think it can't happen here. And this is where, you know, it, it's, it starts in education. It starts with our young people and our parents staying with our principles in this country. And you're talking about the life cycle of a news story. Yeah, they're very short lived today compared to what they used to be. And um, um, I was just thinking of one the other day or this morning. It was just the biggest thing that had come out and it was all over the media. And I can't remember the, no, the, the, the exact story, but, you know, you've been there to where you've seen it. Oh, it's terrible. The worst thing happened. And a week later, it's gone, just like you were mentioning. Uh, they're very short-lived because we've got so much stuff coming at us and the government knows that and the media knows that and it just plays into their hand. Yeah, they don't, they'll say, yeah, they don't like the, what's going on on the border or the policemen getting beat up in New York and the American people paying for those people to go. And if I remember right, one of those guys was flicking off the CCT camera. Right, right, right. F.U. Right. America, F.U. America, right. got away free. And um, yeah, we're mad at that moment. But then Taylor Swift won a bunch of whatever she won, or what's that other guy, uh, the rapper killer or somebody? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, just distracts us. There's one hopeful sign, and i got to say that I didn't come up with this myself. Can you imagine that? Um, no, I can't. That's hard to believe. And I believe it. I'm looking at some headlines here that are on Wall Street Journal uh, kind of um, website. I do believe this, why Americans are so down on a strong economy. Now, Biden's out there putting all these numbers up. Oh, look at the jobs, this, that, one another. But Americans are not buying it. And according to the journal's analysis, um, the American people have finally come to believe that no matter what that headline might be, it's vulnerable to social and political threats, despite positive economic signs. I think, I think that's maybe right, Ted. I really do. Uh, and that's what we need to run on. That's what the, our side of the media, that's what social influencers like you need to run on to show how the decline and the decay of Americanism is, is faltering. And, and again, get public opinion behind that. And, you know, starve the beast. And, you know, if we could get that movement to not pay taxes and starve the government, they would have to pay attention and they would, they would bend. Um, but that's good to hear that kind of story. Yeah. I looked at that and I said, wow, I hadn't thought of that. Um, but I think it's so. And why it's so is because housing, food, um, you know, off the, off the rip. Go down and get a hamburger to, Local handler, um, you know, it, it doesn't come back down. And of course, employment, uh, what it costs to be in business, and what it costs to hire people to stick around in business um, is um, expensive, unduly expensive, is it not? Um, 
Yeah, building this house, it's very expensive. Um, it, it's amazing because it seems like prices go up monthly, if not weekly. I would say daily, in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, and I, you and I have talked about that, uh, <clears throat> about the Weimar Republic. And it happened in Argentina, too, where things are going up so fast, like the taxi cabs had to look at their, their daily sheets and sometimes twice daily sheets on what they're supposed to charge because the prices inflated. What was it, 3,000% increase in, in inflation? 3,000%. Oh, no. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, if you can get the material, that's another thing. If you yeah. can get the material. Well, <clears throat> the image that uh, has been kind of the talk of the media, we've, we've referenced there two or three times, and uh, that is the New York City cops being beat up. <laughs> if you had to write this for some crazy program, uh, I don't think you'd do as good a job. I don't think you could. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It would be called a day in the lunacy of uh, America or New York City. You know, it'd be like it would be like a fiction story that you're writing. And it's like, no, that couldn't happen. No, it did happen right here in America. And it's going it's ongoing. It's not like it uh, disappeared. I've got to sign off here at 955. Well, we'll sign off with you. We're two All minutes right. away, Ted. Uh, we right. appreciate you. Uh, uh, being involved because uh, this is our last really hurrah if we don't get it pulled off by the fall. You know, I truly believe that. And that's something that um, if we don't do it right, these days will be gone to history, but yet history will be rewritten and it'll be how bad America was and that the people that are in charge were the champions and they are the ones that brought down all this despotism and you know racism and all that of the old days and uh, america has been a work in progress that's gotten better with each decade it seems like and you can tell and then we take a few steps backwards but you know it's worth fighting for anyways i gotta go take care all right ted we'll see you next week thanks so much for stopping by ted yo on wonderful wednesday great help here we're trying to get the word out to you all Stand for them, do something. And, you know, we got a lot of difficult things to overcome uh, that are being stacked up against us. So the people have to persevere. We try to help out with the Ward Scott Files. We'll have a great show for you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk about Alachua County crime. We're going to try to give it to you in pretty straightforward talk. There's a lot of smoke going around about it. And uh, we're going to try to give you um, a real look as much as we can. When I say we, I'll have a guest here with me who will help me do the show. Who really will be the show. Just be the guest and I'll be listening. So uh, check us out tomorrow on Lachua County Crime. And uh, do some thinking about what Ted and I talked about and try to get involved. Do the best you can. We want to thank all of our sponsors uh, for helping out, patronize them. We really need good people. So have a great afternoon, great morning.
great evening. Warhol Command Center out.